There are some people that make their work just another thing they have to do. And there are those that make their work something that they want to do. Welcome to Working on Purpose with your host, Elise Cortez. In our program, we provide guidance and inspiration from those people who have found deeper meaning and personal connection to their work life. It's beyond 9 to 5. It's Working on Purpose. Now, here is your host, Elise Cortez. I'm your host, Elise Cortez, joining you live from Dallas, Texas, which is home base for me. If you've been tuning in for a while, you know this program is dedicated to helping people create meaningful and productive personal and work lives and equipping leaders inside organizations to cultivate meaning and purpose that elicits passion, inspired contribution, innovation, and persevering performance. I talk with my guests to draw on their expertise and share my own experience consulting, speaking, and developing workforces across the globe. In these weekly conversations, it is my intention that you derive value you can immediately apply to your personal and work lives, so I invite you to listen in from that vantage point. And it is my fervent hope that you come alive with the possibility of living with passion, working on purpose, and seeing just how big and fulfilling your life and work can be. And if you do catch fire, as I like to say, I want to leave you without a support line. Your call to action is to contact me via email. That email address is elise at elisecortez.com or use the contact me feature on my website, elisecortez.com, to message me. In that email, tell me how I can help, whether you want to join the distribution list to stay informed of these radio show topics, you want to learn about joining a Catch Fire online inspiration, accountability, or mastermind community anywhere across the world, or you want information on my purpose-driven leadership programs for individuals and companies, we'll get you taken care of. Now, back to the content. With us this week is Dean Lindsay. He's a keynote speaker with a humorous and engaging approach you'll see soon. He has been hailed as an outstanding thought leader on building priceless business relationships by sales and marketing executives international and is an expert and award-winning author on influence, connection, and goal commitment. We'll be talking about his latest book, The Progress Agent Handbook for Influence and Connection. He joins today from Plano, Texas. Dean, welcome to Working on Purpose. Thank you for having me, Elise. I'm honored to be on. Isn't this fun? This is going to be great. We've been talking about this for a while, and we poof, we made it happen. Poof, we made it happen. That's right. <laughs> That's what happens when you're connected and have influence, eh? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, pleased, but not surprised. Yeah. Uh, so I just want to quickly present for our listeners. I want to share that I think the very first time I met you was years ago. You've been speaking for quite some time and building your acumen and all your list of, of topics that you speak on. And I still remember how engaging you were. You, at that talk, Dean, were talking and sharing with us about how to connect with people by, rem- by remembering their name. And I still remember that talk. And this has got to be at least 10 years ago. So how's that for being memorable? Fantastic. Thank you so much. Thank you uh, for remembering uh, that, uh, then the, the, you know, remembering names is something that, uh, as I was mentioning it out there and talking about it, uh, of course the, the, the information as far as the insight about how to remember names is one thing, but there's a whole big old now, you know, bit that I do kind of built around it. Cause it's a universal challenge. We all know we need to know names, but at the same time, we all are guilty of, of having those names slip right through our ears. Yeah, and I just, I got to quickly, I just thought about this just now when we're talking really quick. I want to share this story. Um, several years ago when I was doing um, some work for DirecTV around leadership development, I'd have about 25 people in a, in a course, whether it was StrengthsFinder or Course Conversations, whatever it was. And I did. I remember everybody's name without a name card. And the way that I did it was when they came in, I, I just really shook their hand and looked at them and took them in and then said their name back. Like I know you you you, you coach. 
and I was able to remember most of their all of their names if I can remember right. And during the course of the workshop, many of them said, you know, how how is it you can remember our names? Because I would use it during the course of the four hours. And I told them, you know, about how I how I shook their hand, et cetera. And one couple of people said, yeah, I noticed that. It kind of really freaked me out that you did that. <laughs> kind of stared into my soul. Um, but uh, anyway, so I just, I, I remember, so some of that I got from your talk. Well, thank you. Thank you. We actually uh, rolled that into the newest book, too, that that uh, that tip, the four steps to to what I call the name game is is uh, featured in the in the new book because it's it's all about making those that connection and um, one of the things that happen when we don't catch somebody's name is not only do we do we not have their name to utilize in the conversation but then we're in the conversation feeling somewhat less about ourselves because we knew that we had the chance to get it you know it was right there so right uh, yeah it's also about keeping yourself intact when we're remembering names it's an it's an empowering thing to do. It is. And this conversation, a, a big reason I wanted to have you on the show is, you know, both introverts and extroverts need to really know this stuff. Introverts seem to think that they're not very good at, at, at conversation or networking. But in fact, I found them to be stellar at it because they often are great one-on-one conversationalists and listeners. Um, and extroverts are too, although they have the opportunity to listen more, I think. So um, I, I, I want to make sure in presence that this conversation is for everyone. Um, and then before we get into the topic, if you would just say a little bit, Dean, how in the world did you get into this business? Why are you interested in this area of influence, connection, commitment, goals? What a great question. You know, uh, I come from a from a you know performance background. And in performance, and I'm talking about you know acting and and music and and that really you are looking at um, the connection that you have with your cast, the connection you have with the script, the catching connection you have with the audience, um, and then the influence that each character is trying to have each over each other. So it's a, a lot of study about psych- and then then I delved into psychology. So really, everything I'm talking about is is kind of the psychology of how we make decisions. That's really even when you uh, and I thank you with the you know the influence connection and goal commitment me being an expert in those arenas really it's the psych- it's the psychology of how we make decisions all three of those uh, and so that's what I really dug 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 into is both from a you know from like the, from a performance standpoint of uh, and I used to coach I, I was an acting coach for a long time and when I would coach people people would always say how do you remember lines and I say, don't don't worry about the lines. What is your what is your your character trying to do? What's the goal of your character? And then those lines are going to come a lot 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 easier. So it was really just a natural um, transition from um, the 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 performance on stage and off stage, coaching people, me doing it myself, and the psychology behind all that, and then moving that into into the business. You know, uh, well, I've been speaking for 49 years, but only professionally for 18. Okay. <laughs> that is great. What a great background. I, I knew that you were had an acting background, but I didn't realize really how your career had evolved. That makes so much sense to me. And we need you. So I'm I'm happy that I'm one of the lucky ones that I'm sitting here early on the on the on the front lines with one of your books, your latest book in my hand. So it's called The Progress Agent Handbook for Influence and Connection. So let's talk about that. There were several things in there that uh, that really caught my fancy. And and frankly, what I'm doing is I'm pulling out the stuff that I that really relates to the world for me of of, of passion, inspiration, purpose. And so one of the first things you talk about, and, and I'd like to get your perspective on change and change management. To me, that's you've got a bit of a different take on it. 
Right. I don't I don't like the term change management. I don't think it's a helpful term at all. Nobody wants to change and they, <laughs> and they certainly don't want their change managed. So this is so true. Right. So I mean right there you got one one you know one you know the arrow in the wrong direction. So the then on top of that it's not a, it's not a it's not a correct label. If the organization takes the world as it is and says, this is the next thing we are going to move. This is the next move we need to make to be successful. Then that's, that's not change. That's progress. So it's progress leadership, not change management. And so I got so into that and I was almost going to write a whole book on progress leadership and realize that, uh, I, I really didn't want to be pigeonholed just on that term. That's the reason that, you know, influence connection and goal commitment are kind of my, my bailiwick, because I'm 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 not just working with organizations on leadership. I spend a lot of time working with organizations on on sales, prospecting, and customer service. So, um, but progress leadership, we did like it so much that it is it is a real you know circle R trademark. Progress leadership. I like it a lot, Dean. And this is coming from the perspective of somebody who has done actual change management in organizations. I do like progress leadership a whole lot better. Thank you for that. You're welcome. <laughs> Just for me, I'm sure. <laughs> it has, um, you're the first one to see this. This book doesn't come. I mean, this book comes out in like January. Nobody. I know. I know. I that's. That's why I thought our timing was so great, because we're having a conversation now here in December, and, you know, this is what happens. The show continues to be listened to each each and every month across the globe as people find the different links, et cetera. So um, I'm thrilled that I, I'm the I'm the first peak. I am, I'm thrilled, too. I'm glad. I'm glad so I, now I know at least one person read it. <laughs> right on. Well, related to progress leadership, I, I, I like your, you've got, you know, the P's of progress in your book. We with some of some of those about sure, it talk sure. with us about a few of those yeah, that's right back to the psychology the, I, i'm a big and you mentioned it uh, i think i think i delved into it pretty big in the book i'm a big victor frankel fan yeah dr. me too dr. i'm dr. with you and um once i got once i got into dr frankel's work and went to some world congresses and you know studied to be a diplomat in logotherapy um, and logotherapy is meaning therapy, how we derive meaning. I just went deep and I just started to look at how do we derive meaning? And I, I decided to add on to, you know, that, to that premise, meaning therapy, logotherapy, what I call the six P's of progress. And that, that, that is everything we do as humans, that's you, me, the people we're trying to influence, connect with, you know, people we're trying to help them establish goals, commit to the goals we want them to have, all that stuff. Everything we do, consciously or subconsciously, we do because we believe the perceived consequences will be us feeling the unique right mixture to us of pleasure, peace of mind, profit, prestige, pain avoidance, and power, which together make up the six P's of progress. Mm, okay. Well, let's talk. Can we talk about a few, at least a few of those more in depth? Sure. Go for it. Which ones? Well, there's the 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 ones that are mainly you know talked about are you know the peace of mind and pain avoidance, right? Or pleasure and, and pain avoidance. Pain avoidance is the is the easiest one. You know, pain avoidance or pain avoidance leadership is just lazy leadership. Pain avoidance parenting is just lazy parenting. You've got all the other different ways to inspire, connect, influence um, people, uh, but there isn't just one you know, one way, one, one is not, one is not more powerful than the other. And that's the reason that we need to get to know 
the people we're connecting with. You know, I, I, I'm sure I put it in this book, and I don't know what page at all, but I'm sure someone there, I, I mentioned the fact that when you're out there connecting or networking with someone, that's doing individual market research. You're I would trying, agree. Yeah, you're trying to connect to what 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 is progress for them? What is pleasure, peace of mind, profit, prestige, pain, avoidance, and power? And where, what are, what's the, what's the hot buttons? Of, and then how can you show how your products and services uh, can help them feel those, those six P's? But it is, it is challenging to discuss each one. And actually, it's in my, my second book, which I took a really deep dive um, into the six P's uh, called the Progress Challenge. I have a chapter on each one of the, each one of the six P's. Um, but there is not one. You know, prestige, that's remembering somebody's name just to come right, you know, all the way back to that. But when, the, when somebody said to you after the program, wow, you knew everybody, it's because it made them feel good. They got a little prestige. But a smile, you know, they're, they're back to the networking or connecting with somebody. We always know we're supposed to smile. But the reason you're supposed to smile is because you're offering somebody pleasure. Mm, that is delightful, Dean. That is so delightful. And I, what I appreciate about, about what you're saying here is it, it really does give us deeper access to to connection, the power of connection. When you when you talk about these six P's of progress, it, you know, I didn't think about me remembering somebody's name having a prestige element to it. But you're right; it does make people feel important. Oh, she remembered me. She remembered me in right. this class of twenty five. There you go. Yeah. Um, well, and I, I I find there's names are so amazing anyway, right? So somebody's beautiful and making sure that you you pronounce it correctly and you say it correctly is just is really important. I think. Oh yeah, especially in the world we live in with so many different cultures. If you know, and you know, you know, if there's somebody's got a tough name and you can and you can nail it, that's that's progress. It certainly is. Well, and on that note, let's grab our first break here really quick, Dean. I'm your host, Elise Cortez, who've been on the air with Dean Lindsay. He is a keynote speaker with a humorous and engaging approach. He has been hailed as the outstanding thought leader on building priceless business relationships by sales and marketing executives international and is an expert and award-winning author on influence, connection, and goal commitment. He joins us today from Plano, Texas. We've been talking about his book. After the break, we're going to continue that conversation, continue on progress leadership. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Elise Cortez is a speaker and engagement and development catalyst. She designs and delivers professional development, leadership, and engagement workshops and can bring her expertise to your organization. She will help ignite meaningful development within your workforce that will increase employee engagement, performance, and retention. To learn more or to invite Elise to speak to your organization, please visit her at www.elisecortez.com. She would welcome the opportunity to help get your employees working on purpose. This is Working on Purpose with Elise Cortez. To reach our program today, send an email to Elise, A-L-I-S-E, at EliseCortez.com. Now... Back to Working on Purpose. If you're just joining us, my guest is Dean Lindsay. He's a keynote speaker with a humorous and engaging approach. He has been hailed as an outstanding thought leader on building priceless business relationships by Sales and Marketing Executives International and is an expert and award-winning author on influence, connection, and goal commitment. We're talking about his latest book, The Progress Agent Handbook for Influence and Connection. I'm your host, Elise Cortez. So, Dean, I want to talk about progress leadership. Um, as I said in the first segment, I love that you that you called you went from we went from change management to to progress leadership. That is so smart, right direction. Tell Thanks. us more about your thinking. Yeah, tell us more about your thinking. What's behind that? How leaders can really start to embrace that concept? 
Well, the leaders can inspire progress, not apologize for change. You know, uh, focus on inspiring others, not not making you know inspire all to progress, not make some comply. Um, the coolest the coolest quote uh, that I found that relates to what I'm talking about in relationship to progress leadership comes from the author of The Little Prince, and he wrote, "If you want to build a ship." Don't drum up people together and assign them tasks and work to collect wood, but rather teach them to long for the endless immensity of the sea. Oh, that's so great. That's exactly it. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. So, I mean, because you can give people tasks all day long, and, not, and the only thing for sure you know is that you know they want you to do it. That they, that they, you know, that they know you want them to do it doesn't mean they're going to do it. Right. But if you can lay out the, the vision and help them connect to the why the vision and help them connect to that, how the vision benefits them personally, how they're going to progress, how they're going to get their unique um, measure of pleasure, peace of mind, profit, prestige, pain, avoidance and power. Then they have the that that term we use all the time, buy in. Then they're committed. Right. And then they have even stronger than committed commitment. They have conviction. That's what really does all this stuff. People, um, my third book, The Big Fat Goals, people want to call it a goal-setting book because they didn't read it. But if they read it, they realize it's a, it's, it's a goal-commitment book. And in my mind, it's a goal-conviction book because it's conviction that leads to commitment and commitment that leads to action. Mm-hmm. Going back to what you said, Dean, about uh, casting the vision and inspiring people in, in that vein, I'll just share that I had a chance to go to a, an event here not very long ago where um, uh, the leader was really tasked with sharing the vision for the new year, and um, it it just it didn't work. It fell flat, and and I look back on it and I know why. It's just just exactly what you said. There was a lot of talk about task, what had to be done. And really no no talk about the vision of really where things were going that would, would be inspiring people want make people want to go along. And and I and I it's just so how can we help leaders get out of those task weeds and into that that vision inspiration space? They can they can stop looking at their business card that says they're the leader or the CEO, you know, and stop Stop thinking that that is some kind of thing that it just means that it's automatic. They're making they're making some very unwise assumptions to think that everybody is bought in. Just because everybody has the same logo on their on their business card doesn't mean they're all on the same team. And you have to continually, continually, continue. Coaches know that. Watch a coach before a football game. He's not making any assumptions. He gets them riled up. He didn't talk about doesn't talk about blocking and stuff. He's talking about you know, teamwork and what we're going to do and, you know, that type of stuff. you got to keep the – and the reason I don't even think I put the word vision in the book is just because that word gets kind of plopped on all the time. People – it's not about understanding the vision. It's about it's about chewing on the vision. It's about, you know, the vision's got to be like part of the blood and it and it, and it seeps out. And we and we, we got to realize that it's – that you got to keep it – keep everybody, you know – connected to the why the why the why the why and also also sometimes leaders kind of have, have a ivory tower tower thing and aren't really in tune with what's going on and so um they think they think that it's the my way or the highway and what they don't r- realize is there is the highway and the highway doesn't necessarily mean they leave they could still be 
I mean, they got tons of employees that are clocked in but checked out. <laughs> That's so true. So true. And when I a couple of things on that on that note, uh, when you when you think about just you know the 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 opportunity of a leader to really really paint the picture of 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 what the group is really up to that big why for them. There's such an opportunity there. And 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 there's so much in the in the in this vantage point of meaning in that space, which I want to get to in just a second. But I I think about you know like for example, I had uh, Zach Mercurio on my show several months ago. Just a great guy. He really is, and he's working in my space too, um, purpose living, purpose leadership. And what he says is, he says, you know, if if people are going to have meaningful lives, then their work must be meaningful because we spend at least, he says, we spend at least 40% of our time there. And so the, the, it's, he says it's the leader's imperative. It's, it's their responsibility to make that work life meaningful and interesting. And I think that's, it's a very strong stance to take. And I think that if leaders did assume that kind of a role, the world of work would be a very different place. I, I agree. I'd like that. I like it too. Yeah, I told him, I said, you know, Zach, you've embarrassed me publicly. And he said, why? What do you mean? I said, well, I was reading your book on the airplane on the way to Australia. And I was I was agreeing emphatically to several of your points. And I would start to move my hands and nod, nod along with, with, with what, what I was reading. And people looked at me like I was a crazy woman. <laughs> 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 Happens yeah. all the time on an airplane. Yes, it does. Um, well, let's talk about that meaning space. That is a big part of my world. As you know, Dean, that's what I really studied for my research and my for my PhD was how people experience meaning in their work, how they how they ascribe meaning. Um, and I am a huge fan of Viktor Frankl as well. Whenever you mention him, you will always have my attention. Uh, so the that. When, so I, I want to talk about this idea of Viktor Frankl and meaning, especially in reference to choice. Well, it does get toughy. That's the power part. Uh, that's the the power power of choice and realizing that you know sometimes your your choice is to even just accept, you know, um, and and work from there. So there's a lot. Tell me, but I'm I want to go a little bit you know a little bit deeper with you, but I'd like to know a little bit more about where where you where you'd like to go because choices. Joyce is pretty, you know, as you know, in, in his book, Man's Search for Meaning, everybody said they, most people said they wanted to live in the concentration camps, but it's, it's the one that actually made a choice based on a external why that, that actually, you know, um, gave it all they had to, to be there. Mm-hmm. Okay, so l- let me, so part of what I'm thinking about here when I, when I think about the idea of choice with regard to meaning, since we do get to choose the meaning that we ascribe any event, any person, ourselves, we, that's totally within our control. We are the author of that. We are the artist of that. And that's in, in our purview. I can tell you that very quickly that when I was doing my research, I interviewed uh, a chef about his work and he was so miserable about the situation, Dean, that he cried at least five times during the course of the, the 90 minute conversation. Just it was just a horrible place to be. Just hated the hours. He was not, never able to be with his family because he was working when they were not. Um, he felt stuck in the job because he it, it made him a, a good amount of money and he had to pay you know, child support kind of felt trapped, very trapped in that space, had a crappy boss. I was always screaming at him and, you know, just really a hard place to be. And, and ended up of the 15 modes of engagement that I found, his was at the very, very bottom, most wretched place. It's called existential crisis. 
Um, six months later, I came back around and said, hey, you know, want to review results. Uh, you know, you saw what I came up with you. And he said, yeah, but great news, Elise. I'm so much better. Now I'm way up to conflicted fit in my work. <laughs> and uh, he said, it's the same. I'm doing the same job. I still have the same crappy boss. I'm still doing the same hours. But what's different is I see my work differently. I see now that I can now put my kids through college with the, the good money that I make. I My kids are proud of what I do. And I just see it differently now. I choose to see it differently. Right, right. Well, there is, there's, there's definitely uh, the power of the choice of how we, how we view it. And you're absolutely right. We have the power of how we, how we view the moment and how we view the past. You're, you're, you're absolutely right. And there's an incredible power in um, choosing, um, and it's not Pollyanna, it, but, but choosing what is empowering of the, of the, of the options of, of how to view an, of a situation. It's it's similar to that great, uh, believe is it, uh, Italian movie Life Is Beautiful. Mm, I don't, I don't think I've seen it. Uh, yeah, I mean it's all about um, you know continuing to see the continuing to see the positives, continuing to see the what's what's possible. To as as Emily Dickinson would say, dwell in possibility. Mm-hmm. I like it. I like that. That's my space too. Okay, well then you have a section in 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 your book too that when you continue this is in and that's really your perspective on how choice as it relates to influence then. Choice as it relates to choice as it relates to influence. Well, you know, that's that's a, a big thing about how you're going to influence yourself and how you're going to influence others <laughs> and the different things that you're going to uh, do ad- adapting style uh, as far as I'm sure you know about the the disc model I write about in there. Uh, yes, I saw that. You know, dominance, influence, steadiness, conscientiousness. That's a, you know, big thing about choice of how you're going to um, mirror or relate to somebody in a in a comfortable way where they are going to, where you're making a bigger opportunity for them to choose uh, to be influenced by you because it's not, it's, it's they're you're you're trying to help them adopt uh, a choice or adopt a goal. Um, it's not an automatic to to influence or be influenced. Yeah, I can I completely agree with that. And you're reminding me, Dean. I remember somebody told me this some time ago, and I really like it. It was a woman. She said, "You have to take responsibility, and I would also add choice to how you show up in a room." Oh yes. Oh, absolutely. Um, there are a lot of things that go into how successful and you know an, an experience is going to go. A sales call, a networking event, a date. Um, and it's usually the, you know, the, the, the three to five minutes you spend right before it of, of just the, if you think it's going to be a bad idea for you to be there, you'll prove yourself right. Um, uh, so most definitely the, um, you know, choosing to focus on the positive and I don't say, I don't like the word positive, I, I choosing to focus on what's possible. I like possible better than positive. I do too. Because a lot of times people that are feeling negative think they got to get all the way to positive. You don't have to get all the way to positive, just get to possible. Mm. You don't got to get all the way to positive. In fact, if you can just stay in, in what's possible, and then think back when other things did go right, you know. And um, you know, so um, you definitely how you. I mean, I'm sure you've done this. Have you ever gone to a networking event and somebody showed up and they looked like they needed lunch money? You know, are they? Are they? Are they <laughs> you know, or, or or you're like you're like, hey, do we need to stop this? Did you have a flat tire? Did you know you were coming to this? You know, or. <laughs> Or they come and they just moan and stuff, and they're complaining and complaining. Well, that's not somebody that's not attractive. See, this is when you're out there connecting with people. 
you know, for, you know, with a leader trying to connect with his people, with you know, you're in a, in a prospecting or networking or, or business building, you're you're out there trying to alter people's lives. When I say alter people's lives, I mean you know that that, that they they have to want to choose to to be in a relationship with you. And they're not going to view that if they don't think it's going to be a positive experience for them. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, you know, they're, they're going to, they're going to run um, <laughs> metaphorically away and not have any, you know, any want to have another contact. Yeah, I completely understand that and completely agree the repellent factor and some of those things. And and that really kind of brings me to the next thing I wanted to talk about, which is one of my favorite things to talk about, motivation and goals. Um, you talk about this idea of push-pull of motivation, and I've had other guests talk about that too, but I really like your the way that you, that you bring it up. But you talk about how life can be pulled by goals and pushed by drives, and that great leaders really look at what their followers are made of, what drives them. So now that we're talking about, you know, wanting to be attractive, now it's moving on to, on to the leadership front here. So how do you coach leaders to learn who their followers really are? You got to ask questions. You have to, you have to listen. You have to choose to uh, be with them and connect with them and, and get to know them as, as human beings um, and help, help your leaders, you know, help the people that uh, report to you do the same thing all the way down. You got to, Got to have your, your finger on the pulse of the of the emotional pulse of the of your organization. There's no there's no quick way to do that. Um, uh, you, you it, it's it's vital to you know look people right in the eye and and sincerely be be positively curious. You know that's mm. what you were, you were referring earlier to being an introvert or an extrovert. A lot of people tell me that they you know if they're an introvert. Um, I'll say, hey, you know, you don't worry about, don't worry about, you know, trying to be an extrovert. Just be curious. Just be interested. I totally say that line all the time to people. Be curious. They're, the world is an amazing place, and so are the people who inhabit it. Now, though, there's one thing that I have I have discovered or experienced as a phenomenon, and that is there's a wide spectrum of, of people and how they tend to help us understand them. So we have the people that are very, very verbose about who they are and what they're up to and what they want, where they're going, and that's easy. Then we have at the other end of the spectrum the people that are just – they're very reticent to talk about themselves, and it's just hard to pull things out of them. And I know this because of the coaching that I do as well. How do we help the leaders find or help uh, uh, get into the space of that other end of the spectrum? Well, you got to build trust, you know, and and everybody's going to have, a, you know, I, I, and when you talk about priceless business relationships, I, I refer to that as a series of progress-based impressions to go from from met to net, and then there really is when just you know leaders are trying to build a a, a solid network. Of, you know, they might have team members, but those team members doesn't mean that they're actually bought in on the one-on-one trust. And that's, a, that's your, that's your network. Um, and it, 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 you, know, you gotta have patience and persistence. You, 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 you gotta realize you know, that actually it goes back to that disc model that there's, you gotta, the more you can, um, recognize and empathize and understand that there's uh, a wide swatch of people, the, the more you can, um, uh, you know, hang in there, but then, um, asking, um, easier questions you know the stuff even just about the family or about um vacations or i mean it doesn't have to be something deep it could just be like you know connecting over a hobby you know there's 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 some 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 easy stuff to 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 play with that's workable dean that is very workable thank you for that all right well let's grab our our last break here 
I'm Elise Cortez, your host. We've been on the air with Dean Lindsay. He is a keynote speaker with a humorous and engaging approach. He has been hailed as an outstanding thought leader on building priceless business relationships by sales and marketing executives international and is an expert and award-winning author on influence, connection, and goal commitment. We'll be right back after the break. Stay with us. Elise Cortez is a speaker and engagement and development catalyst. She designs and delivers professional development, leadership, and engagement workshops and can bring her expertise to your organization. She will help ignite meaningful development within your workforce that will increase employee engagement, performance, and retention. To learn more or to invite Elise to speak to your organization, please visit her at www.elisecortez.com. She would welcome the opportunity to help get your employees working on purpose. This is Working on Purpose with Elise Cortez. To reach our program today, send an email to Elise, A-L-I-S-E, at EliseCortez.com. Now, back to Working on Purpose. If you're just tuning in, my guest is Dean Lindsay. He's a keynote speaker with a humorous and engaging approach. He has been hailed as an as an outstanding thought leader on building priceless business relationships by Sales and Marketing Executives International and is an expert and award-winning author on influence, connection, and goal commitment. We're talking about his latest book, The Progress Agent Handbook of for Influence and Connection. I'm your host, Elise Cortez. So for the last segment here, Dean, we just have um, the, about a third of the show here left, and I, I want to get into the connection piece and about being able to build powerful networks. So you distinguish from between meeting someone, like in a networking situation or being out and about at the grocery store, whatever it might be, and a connection that leads to a professional relationship. So can you walk us through how do we move from meeting someone to building a powerful business connection? Well, uh, just a caveat, you can definitely connect with somebody at the grocery store. You can meet them or, and or connect with them. The, what I would say in a very easy easy way of the difference between meeting someone and connecting with them is that when they leave, they 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 want to reconnect with you. And you have a reason to reconnect with them that they are going to be excited about. So it really is about finding what I call the next step. Um, if you're in a networking situation, a lot of times people talk about the, the, the follow-up, that you need to follow up with everybody you meet at a networking event. But, you know, you're very limited with what you can say in your follow-up if you didn't have a real conversation. You're left with stuff like, nice to meet you, you know, hope to see you again soon. <laughs> That's so true. Bye, you know, because you didn't have a real conversation. So the the most important thing to do to make a real connection, and it's not the firm handshake that's important and the eye contact and all that stuff, but it's about being interested in the other person and uncovering the next step, the next thing you can do for that person that they will view as progress, the next thing that when you can reconnect with them within 24 hours and you deliver that bit of information or that bit of insight or that other person they connect with, they go, that person that person's progress. And then they're going to be much more interested in reconnect with you at the next function or taking your phone call or, or be with all those type of things. So in a very nutshell, in a small little nutshell, it's about, it's about truly caring about other people's progress and finding a way to, to progress. I, I or to help them progress. I, I do, I work a lot in this space. You know, I, I, uh, the, the connection prospecting when I'm working with you know with with groups on prospecting it really is about you know about connecting with strategic alliances connecting with prospects and as you as you know from reading the book I created what's called the the connection code the four steps 
to building priceless business relationships because I did want, uh, you know, to be able to provide a, a some form of a, of the steps. And there's 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 steps in the book, and then each step has you know many 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 specific tips. Um, but it's those steps, those four steps to building priceless business relationships that really um, helps you go from from contact to connection, from met to net, and building those priceless business relationships. Great. Well, one of the things I like to do in this show, Dean, is I, I really like to be able to help listeners really walk away with something they can they, they can use immediately. And of course, you know, they'll get much more from the actual book, but let's talk about those. And so the first one, creating strong belief in self and services. Um, would you say just a little bit more about that? That seems fairly obvious on the outset, but I think there's a lot more to it. Well, there is a lot more to it. A lot of people skip totally right over that. People know they're supposed to network, so they get up there and network, and they don't, they don't really believe they have something to offer. They think they're networking for them when they need to be focused on networking. They, they, they think they're connecting for themselves, and they need to feel like they're, they need to know that they're benefiting others by being out there. You know, one of the things that I thought was interesting as I was reading your book, as I, I thought about it, is, you know, so you talk about that people need to look for and find what's important and meaningful to them about the products and services they provide in order to be effective. Completely agree. And I thought, I immediately went in my mind, Dean, to some of the people that I know of who completely, completely fall into that category for me, like, yeah, those people, they nail it. They, I got that, that they're so centered in that space. What about those moments when we have a crisis of faith in ourselves? Well, you got to go back. You know, the, the number one person who should be reading any testimonial letters you've ever gotten is you. Those aren't things just to share with your prospect. If you ever have a bad thing, you know, it starts to go south, I would call up a, a client that you know really thinks you rock and, and share that information with them. And, you know, they say fake it till you make it. I'm not I'm not a big fan of fake it till you make it. I think you can do that in the short term. But I think I say if it's broke, fix it. If you don't, if you don't think you got game, then get game. You know, go get another you know, get another, um, you know, pass another course or, 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 you know, move to a new building or mow the lawn or lose 20 pounds, do something that, that, that's going to help you feel like you have game because that's what has to, you have to have that strong, the, 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 if we want others to trust us and be jazzed about being around us, we have to trust ourselves and be jazzed about being ourselves. Yes, completely agree. And and I think part of what I wanted to talk about there is I think it's important for our listeners to understand that, you know, it, we're all human beings. We have a, an array of beautiful emotions that that color our lives and I and and give us a, a means to really get, get access to the world. And sometimes, you know, we are in those those valleys. And so I think it's important to be able to have something at the ready, like you just gave us, to help us get out of that valley. Okay, reach out to a testimonial, reach out to someone who we know believes in us. That's important. Yeah, go for a walk. Um, drink some water. Take a say, you know, do some stretching. You know, um, do some. Yeah, I'm big into the deep breathing and stuff. Uh, you know, those all the, all that stuff can 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 help. Um, you kind of remain centered. But you are absolutely right, Elise. We are we are not robots. We are human beings, and we have, you know, um, every the, the whole the whole gauntlet of emotions and they're all the valid in, in play and i think i think we move sometimes i think we just try to move too fast and push ourselves too much and we we put we put way too much pressure on ourselves well and like i like to talk about dean in my space of really cultivating passion and and inspiration in your life in order to be able to really start to get access to your purpose and live it it means that you need to pay attention to the beauty and wonder of the world around you notice it love it embrace it um, and, and that does take some effort to do that. 
Absolutely, but it's a big big payoff. So I'm I'm with you on that. Well, and so that gets us to the next thing I want to talk about, and that's this whole idea of of fulfillment. So I completely agree that it is critical to to fulfillment in life as well as success in business to continue making new connections. That's part of what makes the world go around. And and you've got a section where you recommend several good places to cultivate connections, which I thought was very useful. Would you share a few of those locations or places? Well, yes. Now they they are dependent on what your goals are. You know, the first sure. thing you want to do if you're yeah is but you know there's the, there's everything from from your from your chambers of commerce uh, to you know your your referral groups and networking groups. There's I like I really like the, the the hobbies that people are already involved in. So you know there's meetup is a big thing now where if whatever hobby you have, there's other people that are that are interested in that that as well and and they they know people and the, it's really the the connection that you want yet so you have a if you're into kayaking then i'd get into a kayaking group you know um you know golf uh you know churches i mean there's the, that's the reason that you know that uh, your association state and national association uh you know um uh, yearly events and monthly events the the thing that i try to share also is not only to go to those but once you find two or three, you need to you know, get consistently go to them, and then um, uh, you, you know to even take a 2.0 version of that. Get active and you know get on the board or or chair a committee and and you know show, put yourself out there as a as a giver and a leader. I completely agree with that too, Dean. I have been involved in many different organizations, and I didn't do it for the reason for business development. But that is exactly what happened: was I would be out and about, I would be doing business on behalf of this organization, giving of my time. And naturally, what happens is you put yourself in the space of people who might be able to use your product or service, and then you have a relationship, and and, and you're there. And I wouldn't otherwise have a, have had a reason to meet these people. Oh yeah, no, it, it is true. Now, you know, if I could get away with just saying how to build priceless relationships, I, I would have, because that's really what we're talking about. You know, with the word business, actually helps if you're trying to sell a book. But that's what you're really talking about. Is the, the there's so many different benefits, much bigger. In the book, I lay out the top ten benefit benefits of of you know, connection, and only number ten is more sales. Number one's friendship and support. You know, this isn't quite related to what you just said there, but I, this is where my mind went when we've been talking about this idea of, of priceless connections and such. Um, when I was working for Insignium, um, Nathan Rosenberg, one of the two founding partners, would, would often say that if you if you really want to make a difference in life, you, you got to be good at sales, which is, means at, at its core, you got to be good at relationships. And and I I do want to make a difference in this world, and and so I have this whole thing where every day I read, write, and sell, read, write, and sell, and and so what I mean by that is the selling part is the reaching out, working on relationship stuff, um, right. and I really try to make that part of my every day. Yeah, well, the, uh, the the word sales, and I'm I know I write this in the book. The word sales comes from the Scandinavian root word meaning to serve. And that's exactly what when you're friends with somebody, you're you're serving them and they're serving you. So, you know, that's that's it's all the back scratch boogie. <laughs> I love that. Well, speaking of that, you've got a whole section of the book on humor, and you are known for your your humorous style. Why do you think humor is so important in business and in business relationships? I think. Uh, yeah, well, I'm, I mean, I'm. I'm I'm glad it is because I, I would I would be so bored without it. Um, but um, I think maybe it's disarming. I think maybe it's um, I think maybe it's a little a little bit risky. Maybe sometimes to be you know you know the 
to throw it out there. I think it's um, I think it's universal. I, I think also, hey, here, you know, here's something else: laughter. That's pain avoidance. That's pleasure. You see, I mean, you go, go right back to the six P's, right? Mm-hmm. You know, so so it's it, you know, I don't overthink it. I can get I, I overthink a lot of stuff, but I don't overthink humor. I just I just do it. Yeah, I I think it's really important too. I I it's in, I've thought about this a bit for myself. I tend to be more serious than not, but I like humor. I use humor, um, so it's kind of a. I hope there's a balance there, but I think humor is essential. Uh, yes, it, it is essential for me. You know, there's been if it, one of the first things that go out the window if I'm if I am having a down day and having to give a presentation is my. I mean, I can still do maybe some of the bits, but nothing's coming off the cuff, and um, it's a it's not, it's no fun for anybody. You know, it's it's only it's only when I'm when I get off the stage and go, man, what you know, some of that I don't remember, and I've never it's made that you know, it's just a funny little bit that just popped in my you know popped in my head. So, um, and I love that too, watching other people. I mean, I'm a huge fan student of of humor. I I spend a lot of time um, you know studying the. You know, from Jonathan Winters to Robin Williams to Stephen Colbert to David Letterman to Groucho Marx, you know, Charlie Chaplin. I'm, I'm, you know, that's, that's my bailiwick. Well, along those lines, one of the other questions I want to ask you, and this is just purely selfish, Dean, but I want to know what it is about your work that you find meaningful. What do I find meaningful? I do like to take timeless principles and offer my fresh way of helping people progress, help them turn the light bulbs on. There's nothing I'm saying. I mean, the six P's of progress are, are unique, but I, I like self-expression and, and helpful self-expression. I'd say, yeah, I think, I guess helpful self-expression I find quite meaningful. I think it's, I think it's interesting to, to know that I'm um, making a, you know, positive difference in some people's lives. I'm, you know, I can't say everybody who's ever seen me do something, but um, I do like it when people, you know, to circle back around to the, the two, um, you know, you saw me do something 10, 12 years ago and, you know, it, it helps you impress a room, you know, or help you build some relationships. That, that's, that's good stuff. You know, that's. Yeah, it was good stuff. And, and, you know, making a difference in people's lives, you bet I'm, I'm in for that all day. Okay. And even the- Back to the laughter, even. I mean, they do making somebody laugh. That's 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 good too. I, I like, you know, that 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 they weren't laughing before I showed up. <laughs> right. Um, all right. So we're almost out of time already, Dean. So, um, final pearls of wisdom in say like thirty seconds or so. What would you like to leave our listeners with today? It's on the back of the book. Change is inevitable. Progress is a choice. Progress is a step forward. Take today's step. And then also just they also share change. Uh, progress is subjective. You're the one who decides what progress is. No one else can tell you what progress means for you. Mm, that is so true, Dean. Wow. Well, thank you. And I'm honored that I got the first blush at your book and we're sharing it here live on Working on Purpose. Thank you so much for being our guest and sharing your heart, your soul, your wisdom and your humor. You are so welcome, Elise. It was a joy. If you want to learn more about Dean Lindsay or any of his books, what he talks about, Join, visit his website. It's deanlindsay.com. So D-E-A-N-L-I-D-S-A-Y.com. Deanlindsay.com. 
If you missed last week's program, you can always catch it via recorded podcast. We were on the air with Dan Schauble. He's a New York Times bestselling author, partner, and research director at Future Workplace, and the founder of both Millennial Branding and WorkplaceTrends.com. We talked about his latest book, Back to Human, How Great Leaders Create Connection in the Age of Isolation. Next week, we'll be enjoying a special Christmas Hanukkah celebration conversation with Sherry Schwartz, who is Catholic and celebrates Christmas alongside her Jewish husband who celebrates Hanukkah. We'll be talking about the joy of her life and her work, as well as her latest book about her beloved dog. See you there. Remember that work is at least a third of her life, so let's work on purpose. We hope you've enjoyed this week's program. Be sure to tune in to Working on Purpose, featuring your host, Elise Cortez, each week on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. This week, find your life's purpose at work.